Hello and welcome to the Gateway House podcast. My name is Deepratap Vikram Singh. I'm a website manager here at Gateway House. Today we are continuing our special podcast series on the US elections and we're going to be discussing the second presidential debate which was held on Sunday. We have Ambassador Neelam Deo, director at Gateway House, joining us over the phone from the United States. And we are going to be discussing some of the elements that were discussed in this debate such as the energy question which was raised by the audience additional details from the candidates on how they would deal with terrorism from ISIS and Syria and finally what is to happen with the Donald Trump campaign after a series of extremely controversial recordings were released over the weekend so neelam before we get into anything else uh, i want to just focus on what happened in the debate Aside from the regular rhetoric on domestic and uh, foreign policy issues, energy finally came into the discussion with a well-timed audience question on on uh, the candidate's position on coal. Now, both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have different opinions when it comes to climate change. Donald Trump doesn't believe that climate change even exists, but both candidates seem to stress on the need for the United States to become energy independent. Now, with this desire for energy independence um is it possible that we could see a shift in us policy towards towards west asia which has primarily revolved around oil uh so the, the short answer is that the shift to in policy towards the middle east has in fact been taking place parallel with the exploitation of shale gas and shale oil in the united states which has already made it more or less energy independent when you add to this the pipeline from canada which has been cleared by the obama administration the united states <coughs> is expected to become a net exporter of energy resources but the discussion on coal is more to disguise a discussion really on employment the point is that coal is important in certain states and some of them like pennsylvania are swing states in the presidential election and also important for the election to the senate and the house so yes the changes in the energy mix of the united states more gas especially in and including imports from canada and the development of their own shale gas and shale oil resources is making the united states independent already so uh, i think you will actually not see very much difference in the policies that the administration will follow except for the element as it relates to alternate energy the obama administration and i think the president hillary clinton would follow that practice has fo- drawn the focus on alternate energy both by subsidizing some production of solar uh, panels and also by some regulatory uh, impositions on the amount of emissions that will be permissible right um so another another chief uh you know point that came out in this debate was uh was Syria and ISIS they've they've really managed to become a centerpiece of this election and it was um and through the through the course of the debate we got more insights into how the candidates would would deal with the the ongoing situation so um Donald Trump 
not only disagreed with his running mate Mike Pence on the issue of what the United States should do in Syria, but he seems almost supportive of working with uh, with Russia in in order to eliminate ISIS. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, uh, advocated the arming of Kurds and hoping that ISIS would be out of Mosul and and Iran before she became president. Now, both of these situations, and I want to get your 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 take on this, is um, is that both of these situations uh, bring about a certain change in how the uh, in how the US would be interacting with West Asia under their various presidencies so under a future president trump we could see uh, we could see an expansion in russia's um, in russia's geopolitical position in west asia as uh, as russia along with syria and and, and iran and turkey uh, you know amp up their their efforts to wipe out isis and eventually uh, are successful at it and it seems that that would result only in more conflict in the region as then it would become the US versus Russia trying to you know grapple with uh, with influence in the region on the other hand a future president clinton could uh, is seems to be suggesting a return to the US policy of arming local forces a tactic which has backfired more than a few times and it would definitely end up backfiring on one of the United States NATO allies, which is Turkey, who has a very long history with the Kurds in, in the region. So, you know, with these kind of possibilities coming out from the situations that were highlighted, what, what do you make of all of this? Oh, actually, I agree with you that uh, there would be some differences in the policy towards Syria, which of course also means some differences in the policy towards uh, how, the, how the United States and its allies deal with uh, ISIS. But I think one thing we should uh, be clear on is that Russia is already in the Middle East. Uh, and at the same time, the United States has already been arming the Kurds. They have, by their, by their, their, their uh, 10 years, first of all, uh, created a Kurdish state within Iraq, more or less de facto split into three parts. They have also created a de facto Kurdish state within Syria, which is the cause of the tremendous anxiety that Turkey goes through. Uh, the, uh, these two states or statelets, as they say, have been developed and now are available to the United States to use as pressure points on Iran in a small way because Iran also has a Kurdish population of just around a million but who are poor and weak. But Turkey is the real uh, uh, issue here because Turkey has been fighting its own Kurds for decades. Its attempts at negotiations have now been given up and uh, it is at war again with its own Kurdish population. But then that becomes also a pressure point available to the United States to use. <coughs> the problem in Syria, to the great misfortune of the Syrian people, is that all the players have contradictory objectives. So Russia already in its, its uh, influence uh, has grown through its support to President Assad. Similarly, Iran is already in 
also supporting Assad, but fighting ISIS much more than maybe Russia has been, because ISIS is really a disaffected Sunni movement at heart, born out of the dissolution of the Iraqi army when the Americans first invaded. So the emphasis of Iran and Russia is different, even though they do work together to support Assad. The objective of Turkey is entirely at odds with these, because while the Kurdish uh, people have been used, the Peshmerga have been used to fight ISIS and have been very brave and courageous as they traditionally are. It's a, Turkey's objective is to keep them down and to prevent at any cost the emergence of a unified Turkish statelet within present-day Turkey borders. The United States uh, and its allies, some of the Europeans, uh, specifically uh, France and the UK, uh, their intention was always to keep Russia out, even though it was already an ally of uh, Assad. Uh, but they also, to some extent, have focused on ISIS as attacks within European countries by uh, terrorists who proclaim themselves to be allied to ISIS have increased. So right now the situation is that to some extent the capability and certainly the leadership of ISIS has been degraded by American bombing and French and the Russians and the Iranians. So they actually have an objective together. Turkey is actually in turmoil already over its Kurdish policy as well as that which remains still a little bit complicated to try and understand. President Assad, he has become more and more dependent on Russia and on Iran and Hezbollah. And Israel actually has not needed to do very much except to keep the pot boiling. So I would say that the Syrian imbroglio will continue. The tragedy that is being played out in Aleppo will probably end fairly soon with the city falling to uh, the Syrian uh, government forces with the assistance of uh, Russian bombing. Uh, in the meanwhile, the U.S.-Russia relationship has certainly suffered a great deal. Uh, Kerry has broken off talks with his uh, Russian counterpart. The Russians have withdrawn from an agreement in the nuclear uh, area. And the situation becomes... Um, more brittle, but the inflow of refugees, Syrian refugees into Europe has uh, fallen by percentages. Right. Um, so Neelam, I'm, I'm curious, so a lot of the, a lot of the points that you mentioned, uh, you know, they make a lot of sense, but it, it, it sort of, it sort of seems to reflect the, the kind of foreign policy understanding that these, that these candidates have, that you know, uh, when when Trump was speaking about uh, about this issue, he was, it seemed very simplistic in his from his point of view that you know they need to wipe out ISIS and this is how it's going to be done. Whereas from what you from what you've laid out, it seems like Hillary's plan is a lot more complex. Where you know she's she's trying to make sure that they eliminate ISIS by using the local forces, but at the same time uh, keeping the pressure in that region so that there's a you know a sort of um, strategic uh you know they they have some sort of strategic strength in the region so would you Absolutely. say so so you would say that 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 the that 
Donald Trump seems to have a very simplistic understanding of foreign policy as compared to Hillary Clinton. Yes, I uh, I would agree with you. The situation is complex. It needs complex handling, but that does not mean that it needs even more interference from the United States. Now that has morphed into a rivalry with Russia, even though that was not how it was earlier. Right, and um, so finally coming to the 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 what I think everybody has been uh, talking about in terms of this presidential election at this point of time is, um, you know, it one would never have imagined how easy it would be for something to just completely upend a presidential debate. I mean, moving into Friday, we were, you know, we'd had, a, we'd had our last podcast uh, on the vice presidential debate and we, we spoke about some of the issues that were going to come up and, um, you know, it one of those issues that that you that you brought up was you know the the domestic issue in terms of women's rights in in terms of african americans and 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 so on but i don't think any of us could have foreseen the kind of uh debate that was was triggered by the release of a very incriminating videotape uh, which which seems to have dealt one of the most crippling blows to the trump campaign and as a result as hillary clinton entered this second debate it, it seemed that she was going to, you know, really, you know, soundly defeat Trump in the debate, um, you know, with his with his taxes already in question. And this video, uh, you know, giving evidence that he's a perpetrator of sexual abuse and abuse, which has resulted in, um, you know, a, a complete distancing from uh, many GOP members from the Trump campaign. Uh, the question that really comes to mind is, is the Trump campaign over or does Hillary Clinton need to hammer in that final, uh, that final nail on October 19th? Well, you know, they say that a week is a long time in politics. Uh, there is still a month before the election actually takes place. Uh, so it is difficult uh, to ever predict that the campaign is over. But certainly no campaign is known to have disintegrated to have unraveled in the fractious way that the Trump uh, campaign seems to be at the moment. More than 40 uh, Republican members of Congress have distanced themselves. Many have said that they will not support uh, the Trump campaign. But those that are up for re-election in close races are in a dilemma because if they distance themselves, they will lose the supporters uh, of uh, of Trump. Uh, but if they don't, they will lose any undecided voters and big chunks of vote uh, among uh, women, uh, among educated uh, white men. Uh, so whereas in the debate uh, uh, on Sunday, Trump uh, addressed his base uh, he uh, may have strengthened that and the, the general consensus among talking heads here seems to be that he arrested the decline in his support, uh, but he definitely did not manage to convert any undecided and lost conclusively, I would think, the women's vote. Uh, this is, uh, <clears throat> you know, th this is a, a campaign and certainly these are debates like nothing uh, uh, that went before. I mean, he called Hillary Clinton the devil. He said he would set up a special investigation uh, uh, to prosecute and to investigate her. Um, 
this kind of thing has not uh, happened in uh, in debates before. Uh, on the other hand, while uh, Mrs. Clinton seemed very comfortable in the town hall uh, uh, format, which she has done repeatedly over uh, decades, uh, it's not clear that uh, the debate, the campaign is over because uh, not only has uh, Trump threatened to release more dirt on former President uh, Clinton, uh, though it is a curiosity of our times that uh, Hillary Clinton is being held responsible for uh, the affairs uh, that her uh, husband may have had. Uh, it shows how deep the misogyny in uh, the uh, American uh, uh, political system is, and it shows that uh, the population at large also buys into some of these kinds of uh, allegations. Uh, I think that uh, the campaign will continue, but the rift within the Republican Party has become probably unbridgeable. And it is unlikely that uh, Trump can win this election without the networks, the support, the local offices of the Republican Party, because his own election uh, network is very thin. Uh, and the uh, the leader of the opposition, the leader of um, the Republicans in Congress, uh, Paul Ryan, has said that he will now only concern himself with uh, the uh, down-ballot races, that is, senators and congressmen, he will not campaign for uh, Trump. I think what we might see, uh, even though it is dangerous to predict anything in this election, <laughs> is a low voter turnout, and that could certainly harm the Republicans more because they may lose control of the Senate. And also, their uh, control of the House may be reduced. But beyond that, I think it's difficult to make predictions. Right. And it's the entire thing seems to just create a very interesting um, scenario because now it almost seems like um, you know, even with even with the Democrats, it's it's more the discussion is less about you know vote for Hillary Clinton because she's a worthy candidate. It be, it's almost started to shift and become you know vote for Hillary Clinton because we can't afford to let Trump win. Absolutely, and that is actually what many Republican experts have said. Many Republicans who have served in uh, security-related uh, positions. You know, 50 of them had issued a letter a month ago saying that Trump was not fit to be president because of his temperament. And uh, the, uh, they didn't put it quite like that, but the oversimplification of uh, the international situation, as well as many people, experts who recognize that the American position it, and its influence in the global situation has also changed as other powers have come up and as Russia, even though it is economically weak, has uh, exerted military strength outside. That's all the time that we have for this podcast, but uh, thank you for the analysis uh, on the debate and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the week to come uh, as we move towards the third and final presidential debate. Thank you.